Welcome to World of Freedom, episode number five, where we got my man, mentor, Jamel Gibbs here. Thank you for being here today, Jamel. The pleasure, bro. What's up? Yeah, Jamel. So um, start just by telling people, you know, who Jamel Gibbs is. Jamel Gibbs is a real estate investor. I've been doing it for about 20 years now. Um, Always been an entrepreneur my whole life. Grew up in Brooklyn. I'm here in North Carolina. That's just the cliff note version of uh, Jamel Gibbs. A family man. I consider myself to be the family-oriented entrepreneur. Uh, I encourage my kids to become entrepreneurs, my nieces and nephews. And I try to spread my information, uh, what I've uh, learned over the last 20 years to the world so that everybody can be able to benefit uh, from this type of opportunity as well. That's awesome, Jamel. So, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, you know, what led you to entrepreneurship? Honestly, man, um, when I was, I want to say seven years old, my mother started me on a newspaper route because we needed some extra money. Uh, my mother at that time was the only income, consistent income in the house. Uh, my father, he worked a seasonal construction job where he was knocking out windows for uh, construction companies and it was seasonal. So he wasn't bringing in income all year round. Uh, doesn't matter how much he tried, he just couldn't do it all year round due to the weather. Um, so my mother started me pretty young. I had a newspaper route. I had to take care of myself pretty much growing up. And uh, that's when my entrepreneurial journey started. You know, So she gave me $20. I went to the, the corner store, got some newspapers, and I sold them for a quarter more. And that's basically how I started. By the time I was nine years old, I started cutting hair, eight, nine years old. And then I built them a clientele uh, just right in front of my stoop. We call it a stoop. They call it a porch out here uh, in North Carolina. But I was cutting hair for $5 a head at eight years old, nine years old. I was in a barbershop by the time I was 14. Um, and I had my own barbershop as a senior in high school, junior and senior in high school. Uh, I was partnered with somebody and we got a barbershop together. Shortly after that, I went and uh, uh, joined a firm down on Wall Street. I didn't go to college. And then after 9-11, it led me right into real estate. So that's my story, man. So basically, you know, the, the struggles that you you know endured growing up um made you have to get out there and it basically forced you to be a go-getter right yeah i think the things you experience in life make you the person you are man um i think your character your integrity everything that you experience throughout your entire life eventually makes you the person you become so at different stages of my life I've experienced certain things which caused me to be a certain way at certain points in my life. So when I had to go out there every Sunday, a normal kid is sleeping on a Sunday after school, They're tired uh, from schooling the entire week. Um, while a normal kid was sleeping or doing kid stuff, I had to go out there and earn, right? So for me, um, that just built integrity. When I look at myself now, 
And as I was building up my businesses, I had that never give up attitude. And I wanted to get as far from zero as possible, right? Um, so when I, when I look back though, and I look at myself versus maybe somebody else my age who probably didn't become an entrepreneur, it was due to my circumstances. You know, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I'm saying that my circumstances were different than somebody else's. So my drive is going to be different than somebody else's as well. So you never want to compare yourself to people. Um, you just want to base what you're doing off of your experiences. And sometimes it happens naturally, you know. So, uh, yeah, so my journey will be different than your journey, for example. But uh, our experiences were different growing up. You know? Most most definitely, most definitely, you know, <clears throat> people's situations definitely either make them or break them. You know, yeah. I certainly believe that. So, I mean, along that journey, what would you say was, you know, the distinguishing factor between, you know, picking the wrong path to go down and, you know, deciding, you know, hey, I'm going to try to do something positive and, and, and change my family situation? What was that? factor that kept you going down the straight path honestly man it, it's just seeing the results of if i would have went one way because i was heading down the wrong path at one point but just seeing the results i decided i didn't want that for myself you know we're talking 15 16 years old i was heading down the other path right uh but when you when you experience certain things that you didn't want to experience um, probably won't talk about it right now, but when you experience certain things and make you want to, and make you want to change your life, you, you want something better for yourself. And I think, um, as I got a little older, even though I had the entrepreneurial spirit, um, I was still a knucklehead <laughs> doing what I wanted to do. And, uh, it wasn't until I realized that I needed to make some changes and I stopped thinking about myself. That's when I started uh, really taking on uh, that entrepreneurial journey. So, for example, when I say thinking about myself, I met my wife, you know, she's my wife now, but she was my girlfriend then, really young, right? So we went to junior high school together. We uh, started dating after high school, pretty much. And I felt like it wasn't just me anymore. It was me and her. So I put the weight of the world of our world that we had back then on my shoulders. And that was my reason why. So that leads me right into it, man. You know, at the end of the day, if you have a big enough reason why you it's cliche, right? You got to have a reason why, but really your reason why should, should not involve you as a person. It needs to involve somebody else. Cause when you make your reason why about somebody else, then you feel the need to fulfill that reason why. And you'll be surprised what you can accomplish in a relatively short period of time because you feel like you're responsible for somebody else rather than yourself. So it wasn't until I made my reason why bigger than myself. And I did it subconsciously. I didn't even, I didn't even realize it. And I thought about it years later. Um, it wasn't until then um, that I really started succeeding and, and I had some drive. You know what I mean? I, I've always had drive always been a hustler, always grinding, but I was grinding without a purpose. When you grind with a purpose, 
you'd be amazed what you can accomplish, man. Yeah, I completely agree. Like one thing that I've learned um, the older that I've gotten was, you know, when you start and you have a vision, you know, with a, a bigger pur uh, purpose in mind, you know, having um, making it about more than just yourself. Right. Um, it, it leads, you know, you to work harder and it just has a bigger impact on the people around you, you know, because just doing something for yourself is you know selfish you know yeah that's exactly what it is and and you know ironically not taking action on your business most people don't take action on their business as being selfish as well we could talk about that later on in uh, on the uh podcast but if you don't take action you're being selfish as well right but i also want you to understand just to kind of bring this back for a second you're reason why it changes as well. So it started off as just me and my wife. Now we have kids, right? So my purpose changed over time. So you might start off with a, you gotta be flexible basically. You might start off with a certain reason you're, you're starting up a business, for example, uh, but allow flexibility because anything can happen in life just like that. You might have to pivot. You might have to make adjustments. And if you make these adjustments or if you, uh, uh, if you have to pivot, then your purpose is going to pivot as well. So, you know, um, that's what life is all about, man. It's just about living um, and um, just going with the flow and making adjustments as needed, pretty much. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, one thing with myself, too, I can say, you know, when I got started specifically in real estate, um, you know, I've tried a, a few different business ventures, but specifically in real estate, um, you know, my family and the people around me, I started noticing how I was just naturally doing things that I was interested in and, mm -hmm. you know, things, you know, that I felt were going to be good um, for my future, you know, thinking down the road. But I didn't realize at the time that it was having, you know, such an effect on the people around me, because what I started Everybody's to realize was yeah and what i started to realize was um they wanted to be involved and they were asking me questions and things like that and you know um my first private money lender um was actually you know my father-in-law so um him actually wanting to do that you know it, it really opened my eyes to you know wow you know you can really build a whole economy around this thing and and, and everyone, you know, can, you know, benefit from it, you know? Absolutely, man. Again, make it about somebody else, not yourself and your purpose. Uh, will your accomplishments from that purpose will be phenomenal, man. Believe it, you know? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I know we had a, a phone conversation. We talked briefly the other day and, um, you know, this is one thing that a lot of people don't know about you. But you said, you know, you had a, a brief stint, you know, in the music career. Yeah. Um, you know, you mind sh shedding some, you know, light on that for the people? Yeah, man. Don't laugh, man. But my, my rapper name, since I was a kid, I, I used to, uh, they used to call me Scandal. Scandal. <laughs> yeah. We should have been afraid of you. <laughs> you must have been out there, uh, you know, getting in people's pockets and everything, man. Yeah, I was, like I said, man, I was, I was a knucklehead, but. You know, um, always been a respectful guy at the same time, you know, always show people respect. 
Um, but that was my rapper name. I used to be signed to a, a label called Rugged Ground Entertainment, which was under Entertainment, uh, you, you know, on and uh, uh, on Rivera. And him. I've heard of the name actually. Yeah, so he was. We had connections with him as well. And um, you know, once I started, once I uh, finished high school and I went down to Wall Street, I kind of left the music career behind me. But yeah, we we had an album out. It was a compilation album. And then we had individual albums as well. But um, that was my short-lived music career. I was also, uh, I, used to, I used to act a little bit. Um, I was an extra in a, in a couple of movies starting off and then I never um, pursued acting fully, but uh, I was just more of an, an entertainment business. But it's cliche because, you know, where I come from, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, uh, in the hood, they say you're either going to be selling drugs, you're going to be an entertainer, or you're going to be a, a, a basketball player. I, I did both, right? Um, uh, and I'm not going to un- incriminate myself either. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, Smart. <laughs> I, at the end of the day, man, I personally, um, I cannot choose these words carefully. So basically I, I was in the entertainment business and I was also heavy in the sports. I should have went to the NFL, to be honest with you, man. Uh, my goal was to go to the NBA or the NFL. I'm not tall enough to go to the NBA. I'm only 5'10". I feel you, um, man. That was definitely one of my goals too. Yeah. Anything sports, basketball, yeah. football, yeah. you can try baseball, you know. But I really had a chance to go to the NFL. I'm 250 pounds, more muscle. I mean, you, you know me. Um, um, I'm solid pretty much. And, uh, you know, I'm about five ten. I was a solid running back, but, um, I messed up that opportunity. I was also in a bo- boxing fighting and, and stuff like that, but, you know, I messed up the opportunity. Well, I didn't necessarily mess up the football opportunity. Um, when I found out I had a heart murmur, uh, through boxing, I kind of stopped, um, uh, playing football, um, on that level as well. So that was my, my situation so what position were you playing at that time i was a running back yeah running back that's what's up man i, I was actually a linebacker okay yeah <laughs> linebacker <laughs> yeah man um you know you seen my size too so i mean for our football team we didn't really have you know too much of a big team mm-hmm. um you know i wanted to play other positions as well but you know that's where the team you know felt like I would be best fit. And, you know, yeah. I actually enjoyed it um, as well. Um, so uh, going back to real estate, um, how did you end up coming across your first deal? My first deal wasn't even a regular deal. So it was, I, I flipped a sandwich shop. That was my first deal. And I did it by accident, pretty much. So I knew somebody who wanted to uh, buy a sandwich shop. And I knew somebody who wanted to sell a sandwich shop. It was $40,000 in Brooklyn. Um, and I basically put the two together and I say, pay me $1,500 and you could, you know, negotiate amongst each other. And that's exactly what happened. So they gave me my money, uh, no paperwork, no nothing. Right. But I was kind of raw back then. So like, I, I didn't accept people playing with my money. So I knew they was going to give me my money. <laughs> oh yeah. I've heard that story. Uh, riding in your car <laughs> i definitely heard that story you know so uh you know they gave me my money 
And that was that, you know what I mean? So um, that's basically how I got into real estate. Um, then after that, I, I figured, okay, if I could do that with a sandwich shop, I could probably do it with anything else. And that's kind of, that kind of led me into the real estate business at that point. Um, I did go out and get a license, eventually became a broker in New York. I let the license go back in 2006 because um, I didn't have a need for it because I was more so in investing versus brokering. Um, but, you know, I made a little bit of money brokering, but I made majority of my money investing in real estate throughout the last 20 years. Awesome. So what was that first, I mean, main initial strategy do you feel like you attacked? Um, I, start, I started off as a as a fix and flip investor, man. Um, most people start off as wholesalers these days, which I get. Um, it wasn't until I, I couldn't figure out what to do with the deals I was getting in between the fix and flips. Um, that's when I started letting go of some of those deals. And now they call it wholesaling, but I was just calling them turning contracts back then. But um, you know, I would take five or 10 grand just to turn a contract or wholesale it in between my fix and flips. But I started off as a fix and flip investor and I diversified as the market shifted uh, back in like 2008, 2007. Um, I was forced to start doing creative investing and wholesaling at that point due to uh, not understanding the, the market changes. So, yeah, yeah. Um, explain a little deeper, you know, you know, for people, you know, who may not be, you know, as aware of the market at that time, you know, how exactly oh, the market turned. Oh, the market was terrible, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so you got to think about what was happening, right? You had any and everybody could get a loan, even if they didn't qualify for the loan, right? Um, so you had mortgage fraud that was going on. Um, you had inflated prices and you had the government pumping a lot of money into the market. When uh, we had that recession, um, you quickly found out that people couldn't afford the loans that they had, so they couldn't pay back the money. And it was causing, you know, thousands of people to go bankrupt, right? And then in addition to that, um, it basically ruined the entire economy. Economy, So going through something like that, you have a learning experience. I couldn't sell, I, I, I couldn't sell a dog house to a dog, <laughs> you know? Um, and it was basically because nobody had access to the money. So I had to think outside the box. That's when I started doing lease options. That's when I started doing seller financing and things like that. We're talking 14 years ago, 15 years ago at this point when I started doing that stuff and it was basically, I had to figure out my first creative deal was a lease option deal. I had to figure out how to do it. I never even heard of a lease option deal, but I thought of how can we put this together? So it forces you to think creatively, think outside the box to really come up with an end result. Then you realize later on you were doing something that other people were doing anyway. You know what I mean? So then I learned the right way to do things just like turning contracts, wholesaling, um, let me try to stick a tenant in this one, lease options. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, going back into lease options, you know, trying to teach yourself a new strategy, how hard was that initially? And then was, also, did you have a mentor at that time? I didn't have a mentor. Um, I taught myself the real estate business um, 
Steve DiPalantino was probably the closest thing I had to a mentor, but he was basically introducing me to people and saying, he called, he called me lad. He said, lad, you gotta, you gotta uh, get into wholesaling. You gotta turn these contracts, keep doing that. But I was still kind of doing my own thing. So that's what Steve, uh, he had 120 rentals uh, and he was basically trying to prevent me from getting involved in rentals because he had headaches with the rentals. Um, yeah. I didn't agree with that. You know what I mean? Because to me, rentals provide passive income and it all depends on how you operate your business. Right. So um, that was my experience with Steve. He was definitely the closest thing. Still a good friend of mine today. Uh, he he probably he's probably 30, 40 years older than I am. But the whole point is 30 years older than me. But the whole the whole point is, you know, uh, he did take me under his wing and really showed me some of the ropes and introduced me to my first private money lenders and stuff like that. But really, I learned a lot of the stuff just by doing it, making mistakes. I had no fear. Most people have fears. So that's what holds them back. I didn't have any fear. I didn't know what fear, what I should be afraid of to have fear, right? I just went out there and did it and then figured it out as I went on. Made a ton of mistakes. Um, and if I could do it all over again, I probably wouldn't. But for somebody else, I probably would have, I would tell somebody to have somebody show you how to do this because you could avoid an easy three to five years of mistakes and uh, be profitable at that time. You know what I mean? At that point. Yeah. And I can honestly say for myself, um, you know, when I got started wholesaling, um, basically I was just watching a bunch of YouTube videos. We didn't even have that, man. You know, I was probably one of the first, honestly, I don't have a large channel like some of these newcomers today because YouTube is real selective with who they push. But I started my YouTube channel back in 2008. I put not a lot of content, probably 50 videos up over 10 years, though. Yeah. Um, so that's why my audience on YouTube is growing now because I'm more consistent with it. But I was one of the first real estate investors on YouTube. You know what I mean? Especially talking to, to you know, people that look like me and come from where I come from. Yeah. You know, um, one of the first ones, you know what yeah. I mean? If not the first one. Um, but I don't, you know, that's neither here or there. I'm not trying to take credit for nothing. But the whole point is um, that stuff didn't exist. So I literally had to learn on the fly. I had to learn by doing. And to me, that was the best educator for me. Most definitely. And you definitely had an impact on a lot of people. I know speaking for myself, you know, um, if it wasn't for, you know, people like you putting out content on YouTube and everything like that, you know, it would have been, you know, even harder, you know, to find this information, you know? Sure. So I know like speaking for myself, um, you were one of the first people on YouTube that I found that was, you know, given a lot of game in a lot of different areas in mm. real estate, not just wholesaling per se, you know what I mean? Um, and you have been consistent in terms of preaching, hey, um, think down the road, you know, in terms of passive income as well, you know? Um, so, you know, definitely kudos to you, um, for that, that you know, most definitely, most definitely. Um, so, you know, going back, you know, to the time, you know, you started, you know, fixing, flipping, you know, then, you know, doing the lease options and things like that. Um, tell the people about, you know, the times that, you know, didn't go so well, you know, when you were, you know, down 
and, and you know have to you know rebuild everything oh man so i was really really successful by the time i was 25 so it took me four years to really make some real money in real estate but you know unfortunately i was young at the same time as well so um this is when i experienced my first real hurdle right um so everything was going good i'm making a lot of money market change i didn't see the signs because um you know this was all new to me you know market shifts and things like that market shift and i lose everything man i basically went bankrupt because i couldn't keep up with um what i had out there i had multiple flips going on uh, a lot of money pumped out and i couldn't sell a house uh, i didn't have any passive income coming in and this is part of the reason why I started thinking passively and long-term everything that I tell people to do or teach or, you know, share an experience with is because I, I went through something that, that led me to that conclusion. And I see a better situation because I've experienced something different than most people uh, have experienced. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I was, I was forced. That's why I said I was forced into passive income because I didn't have passive income all I had was active income, wholesaling and flipping houses. And when the market tanked, guess what? My income tanked. So I was broke. So I made a ton of money. By the time I was 25, by the time I was 27, I was broke. Right. So I had to rebuild and start all over again. Um, and I'm a trooper, man. Uh, if I if I set my heart out to do something, it's going to happen no matter what. Right. I'm going to make it happen or die trying. So, um, that's basically how I experienced my first hurdle. And that's just one hurdle. You know, another hurdle is trying to advance your business and you're self-employed. You don't have a W-2 job and you're trying to get loans to purchase, excuse me, to purchase real estate, right? Um, the banks will give someone with a W-2 job that's making 50 grand a year a loan before they give you uh, alone and you're making a million dollars a year, but you're self-employed, right? Wow. That doesn't make financial sense to me, right? But that's just, that's just the way banks do things. So I had to learn creative real estate investing. So you can see how certain things that happened in my life or throughout my career forced me to position myself differently as time went on. I had to think outside the box to be able to grow my business to where it is today. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I know, you know, speaking for myself as well, um, you know, when I met you, you know, at the master, uh, you know, actually there were just a real estate event that you and Sawan had in Greensboro. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I remember talking with you and, you know, telling me and telling you, you know, the same thing about myself, you know, just being out, you know, trying to do everything, you know, yourself and everything like that, you know, right. and, you know, one of the things that you really, you know, talked to me about at that time was just, you know, it's important to join a, a network, you know, of people that you can, you know, grow with and learn with. And, you know, if you can, you know, shortcut, I wouldn't say shortcut, you know, for those you, who listen in a bad way. There but. is a shortcut though. There is the shortcut is hiring somebody who's been through the experiences to well, I don't I don't like the word hire when it comes to coaches because you really what you're doing is you're buying their time. They don't have to sell their time to you, right? Um, but have somebody show you how to do it 
And after you know what you're doing and you want to take your business to another level, join a network of people, a mastermind or something like that, so that you're surrounded with a bunch of people that are looking to grow their businesses and provide you feedback on yours. So if you see 10 people that are growing their businesses or they have, if you surround yourself in a room, they say you're equivalent to the closest five people you hang out with, right? If you're in a room full of people who's making a hundred million dollars a year, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to eventually get there. So that's the whole point when it comes to masterminds, right? And the way to get there is to sit and conversate and network with people like that. Surround yourself with people like that so that you can advance where you're going, right? So um, that's the importance of surrounding yourself with people that think like you, went through the same struggles like you, uh, but they've made it. And now they can share their knowledge with you as well. The one-on-one coach is so that you can get to that level to be able to be in those types of rooms. That's what that's all about. And that's where you are right now, right? You're in those, those rooms now. And, um, you know, look at what you've been able to accomplish. It's not one-on-one coaching. A mastermind is different. But look at what you've been able to accomplish over the last year, even mindset-wise. Yeah, um, yeah. You just think differently based off of a small investment you made into yourself. You know Most I mean? definitely. Most definitely. I mean, outside of, you know, being exposed to new strategies, you know, it's that, you know, ability to be able to, you know, send your mail a text or, you know, right. send your uh, Sawan a text, you know, um, you know, that, you know, makes a world of a difference, you know, when you're out here, you know, just trying to implement, you know, certain things, because again, you know, just starting off of, um, watching YouTube videos, you know, I was able to get to a certain point, but looking back on it in order to get to a, another point, a higher point, you invest in yourself. It takes investments, you know, even the, you know, people like yourself that are at a a higher point in their careers, right. Even you guys still invest, you know, I, I spend tons of money every year, man, believe me. And, you know, then you get to surround yourself again with people like Sawan, right? So Sawan is a master networker on a local level, right? You you could call up Sawan and say, hey, do you know such and such? Can you link me up with this person? He's going to be able to do it, right? Me, I'm a master networker on a national level where I have connections outside of my local market, right? So um, when you put the two together and we're all in the same room, you're going to benefit you know, regardless, you know what I mean? Um, and th- that's the benefit of being in those rooms. That's the benefit of investing into yourself. That's the benefit of positioning yourself to be able to catapult your career as quickly as possible um, based off of who you know. You ever heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know, based off of who you know and based off of building relationships with those people. You know what I mean? Most definitely, most definitely, you know, so for anybody who's, you know, listening to this podcast, you know, um, if you're a small business owner, you know, definitely don't be afraid to, you know, seek help. Don't be afraid to invest. You know, you may, you know, look at it like, hey, you know, I have this coming in, but hey, take a small investment. um, And, you know, once you plant that seed, you know, it'll, you know, come back to you tenfold. Think about it like this too, man. How much money people spend to go to college? Man, people spend thousands of dollars. Some people. Right. So yeah. 
you go to college, most people don't, they graduate from college, but their career that they're in right now is a fact. The money they spent to go to college is not even paying for itself. They're doing something completely different. Why not go to grab specialized knowledge, right? So you hire a coach. So you want to get in real estate, you go get a real estate coach. Someone that's going to teach you the business step by step. Specialized knowledge. And it's not even going to cost you nearly what it's going to cost you to go to college. And you turn around and you profit from that. The return on investment on that is drastically uh, different, a lot quicker, right? You might, let's say, spend $15,000 for a real estate coach for a year. Within a year, you can make 150, 200, 300, $1.5 million back. Yeah. <laughs> so was, yeah. was the investment worth it? You understand Most what definitely. I'm saying? Most definitely. Versus spending, let's say, 200 grand to go to a good university and then they tacking on 35% in interest so that you're going to be paying for that for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. That's the way you got to think about it, man. Think in numbers. Let's use logic. Yeah. And let's make decisions based on logic. Hey, that was a good point. Cause I mean, I'm definitely a victim of that system, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, coming out of a high school, it was only two options, right. In order to what we consider making it out, that was either college or the military. Right. So, um, I did go to college and the crazy thing is, you know, when I went to college, I already knew what I wanted to go to college for. Right. What I, already, I already knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Right. So I'm going to college knowing that I want to be an entrepreneur. Right. So, you know, entrepreneur to me, an entrepreneur can't learn in college. An entrepreneur learns in real life. That's true. So how much money did you invest to go to college, man? Honestly, man, uh, I went to a small school, a D2 school. So I, my loans when I left. Uh, and it ended up being about a little, a little over 30,000. And I made that back just doing real estate. You know, my See? first year doing real estate, I made that. How back. long it would have took you to make that back if, you know, you didn't pursue, if you would have went a different route, you know what I mean? That's the point. Yeah. That's the yeah. point, man. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to not encourage people to go to school. I didn't go. It was the best yeah. thing that I've done for myself. But yeah. I will say uh, taking an entrepreneurial journey is, is hard. It's not easy. It takes a lot of work. You're responsible. Nobody cares about you. Nobody's coming to help you or save you. Right? There is no savior in an entrepreneurial world. But the, the benefits, the, the rewards of it is uh, drastically better than having a job and working a nine to five for, for your entire life. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you know, for anybody that's listening to this as well, I'm not denouncing college, you know, yeah. me and Jamel can only speak on, you know, exactly. our experiences, you know, but I mean, it definitely exposed me to that whole system, you know, yeah. because, um, you know, just being out here and just getting started in real estate, you know, through wholesaling, you know, because I, I didn't have the, the money to, you know, go ahead and do the buy and holds and, right. and everything else. Right. Mm -hmm. Just being exposed, you know, to real estate, you know, starting out, you know, in that strategy, um, it, it just really showed me, you know, that the hands-on marketing, right. So it's like you said, 
it's things that you can't learn in school. You actually have to get out here. You got to fall down and just learn from your mistakes. Experience is the best teacher, man. Experience is the best teacher by, by far. Right. And, And I learned, I've learned that over the years just through my experiences, just through the things I've been in the trenches. That's how I learned. You can't teach this stuff in school. That's like, um, give you an example, a doctor, right? If you have a doctor that's practicing, right? They're right. their craft for 20 years, right? Um, and then you got a doctor that's, that's just getting started. Who do you want to cut you? You want the doctor that's been doing it for 20 years in the trenches, or do you want to take the doctor that's just getting started? Let's, let's look at it like this as well. Do you want a, a doctor, let's, let's say two doctors been in the business for 20 years. Do you want the doctor that's practicing? Or do you want the doctor that's been retired for five years and he's just getting back into the game? Definitely want the doctor that's practicing. You want the doctor that's practicing. Doing is going to continually provide experience. Experience provides results. So, you know, that's kind of the way you got to look at business, man. You got to look at it in such a way that if you, if you make a mistake, that's fine. What are you going to do now? You know, are you going to give up or are you going to keep going, right? Do you learn from your mistakes or do you allow the same mistake to keep happening, right? But the only way to make mistakes is to get out there and do. The only way to get a result is to get out there and make the mistakes, right? You're Fail right. forward. They call it failing forward. Fail most forward. Definitely. Don't feel bad. Most definitely. You know, and even times I know along my journey, you know, being an entrepreneur um, and even, you know, stepping out, you know, taking faith, um, you know, and, and becoming a full time entrepreneur. I know, you know, there's been a lot of times where, you know, you, you've had to just learn from those mistakes, you know, um, yep. because like you said, there's nobody there to save you, you know, yep. so you know, you know, you have to, you know, take away, you know, the things that you didn't get right. And, you know, also, you know, lean on other people and, you know, their experience as well. Yeah. And, and you know what else too, man, you know, the way to alleviate a lot of the pain that comes from being an entrepreneur is to have a clear vision on what you want. Right. Cause uh, I, I tell this story all the time, right. You could get into a car, and you can start the car and start driving. But if you don't have that destination, a vision of where you want to go, you're going to end up in the same place. But if you know where you're going, then you're eventually going to get there. And of course, along the journey, you're going to hit some potholes, have some backed up traffic. You're going to, you know, you're going to have some hurdles. What do most people do when they have hurdles in real life? They, uh, especially in business, they usually back up, right? They they want to they want to stop. But in a car, you keep going. You find another way because you know that I have this destination to get to, right? So if right. you have a clear vision of where you want your business to go, and then you understand that there's going to be some roadblocks uh, along the way, you're eventually going to get there. You just need to keep pushing through. Most definitely, most definitely, and even the so-called roadblocks, excuse me are, you know, opportunities to learn, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. So like you might be driving in a car and you've never been down street number one, but there's a roadblock there. So you have to figure out another way. You learn a different direction to be able to get to the same destination. You know what I mean? It's the same, 
look, man, you can relate entrepreneurship to life in general, but at the end of the day, it's all about never giving up and just pushing through. That's it. Most definitely. Which also brings me back um, to a point that you made earlier. So, you know, even in those lowest times, right. You know, when you were down there broke, right. So mm -hmm. tell the people step by step, how you, you know, you got yourself back up and, you know, you turned it around. And so first off, I've been broke before that. So it wasn't nothing for me to be broke. And then, you know what I mean? I, I understood what being broke was. So it, it, you know, all I did was adjust back to what I was before, but basically I basically rinse and repeated everything that I built up before because I had the knowledge from experience, I was able to do it all over again. Right. So what gets deals marketing, if your phone is not ringing, you're not in business. So I needed to first, first and foremost, make the phone ring. A lot of people, that's where they fail. They slack on the marketing. Let's be honest, right? If I told you today, uh, make a, a thousand phone calls. If you call up a thousand people today, you're going to get $10,000. How many people are actually going to do it? Not very many. That's the point, right? You probably get 1% of the people. You might get one or two people that's actually going to sit there and make a thousand calls, right? Interesting fact. I was watching um, a show on YouTube and everybody had a chance to get, I think it was like $250,000, right? All he had to do is keep their hand on a certain object for as long as possible. The last person to have their hand on whatever the object, that, well, I can't remember what it was, um, they won the 250000 You know how many people gave up? Just about all of them, I'm sure. Except the one person, right? The whole point is most people won't stick it out. Most people, any little roadblock they face, they're not going to do it. Most people won't do the work. They, they, they're sold the idea of real estate being easy. They're sold the idea of fast money. I'm going to make money in 30 days. But in reality, most people are not going to make money in 30 days. Most people are not going to get rich overnight. It's going to yeah. take a lot of work. It's going to, uh, it's, it's going to make you want to quit. It's going to break you. But oh, yeah. are you going to, are you a gladiator? Are you going to stay in the game? Are you going to keep going? Are you just going to uh, give up? Right. Oh yeah. Most definitely. That, that's what, that's what most people will give up, but the ones who win, those are the ones that, that reap the benefits or the reward. Right. So again, I could tell the average person right now, you need, you need to make a thousand phone calls a day. I'm not saying that that's what you have to do, but I'm just giving you an example. You need to make a thousand phone calls a day. Right. It's going to take right. you need to be on the phone for 10 hours a day. How many people are actually going to do it? Not many. Or I, you need to have a marketing budget in order to get your phone ringing. The whole point is you got to get the phone ringing. If your phone is not ringing, you're not in business. So that was step number one. Get your phone ringing. Right. Right. Market. Know who you're targeting and then market to them. Whether you pick up the phone and call them or you put out some money because you're going to sacrifice one of the two things. Right. Right. You're going to sacrifice either time or money. If you don't have a lot of money, you got to put in the time. If you have some money, you could, you could uh, sacrifice the, the money and trade off the time. 
Yeah. Right? And then especially starting off, you know, just to yeah, just to say the, to add on to that, right? Yeah. So yeah, especially when you don't have a lot of money starting off and you know you got to put in most of that time, that's when you're really gonna tell if you really want it in that right. moment right there. Right. Are you and gonna get on people, that phone? Most people don't take most people take the other pill, man. You got the red pill and the blue pill, they take the other pill, right? They don't make the decision, they give up, they walk away. And that, those are the people where entrepreneurship is not for them, right? Most definitely. Most definitely. And you got a certain number of people that get past that level, you know? So now you got to know how to be a, a deal facilitator. How can I structure deals in such a way that, um, you know, I can maximize the benefits of each lead? So I got the phone ringing. What am I going to do with these leads now, right? How am I going to turn these leads into money? So then you got to learn a little bit of sales, right? Real estate is sales. A lot of people don't even realize it. If you know yep. how to sell, you'll be good in real estate. You're right. right? Sales, um, marketing, and negotiation. That's all it is, man. That's all it is. I don't care if you're buying, uh, if you're buying and selling real estate through fix and flip. I don't care if you're wholesale. I don't care if you're buying and holding and renting properties, you're selling yourself or selling your opportunities to people, right? Uh, even if you have a tenant that wants to, you got to sell the house to the tenant, right? To have right. them want to live there and pay you rent every month. So right. you got to get good at sales. You got to get, get good at marketing. You got to get good at sales. You got to be great at negotiation and closing. So Most definitely. once I understood that concept, man, you know, all I did was rinse and repeat the entire process over and over again until my money was back up. And it's been, you know, 14 years i want to say at this yeah point. yeah and uh i'm still here man most definitely most definitely and i know one of the things that you talk about you know you mentioned a lot you know if you would have started you know with the end in mind you know in terms of more you know passive income investments within yeah. real estate right um and i mean me even just being a, a young guy in real estate right um, I'm definitely starting to uh, focus more on wanting to build up that passive side right now. Of course, wholesaling is sexy, right? You know, it's the active income and everything like that. But um, it's very important, you know, to focus on not only the, the active income, but the passive income, passive. because the older you get, man, you really just want to be sitting back chilling, right? You don't want to you know, necessarily have to just rely on the active income, right? And then, you know, if you build a lifestyle around active income, you know, you have it. to try to maintain yeah. that lifestyle. In real estate, you're only as good as your last deal, man. If I make 20 grand today, but I spend the 20 grand, I got to start all over again. With passive income, if I'm making 20 grand a month, I could spend a whole 20 grand and know that I'm getting it again uh, next month, right? So, Passive income to me far out far exceeds active income. You got to use the active income to generate passive income. Uh, most people they create a lifestyle on active income. They'll wholesale a house, go buy a nice car, go buy a nice house, basically create expenses for themselves rather than taking that money and investing in the income generating assets, passive income generating assets, which will allow them to create a lifestyle around that it takes a little longer to do it but it's worth it right it might take you another two years for example uh, you might want to retire in three so you work five to build up your passive assets 
to be able to support your lifestyle. Then you can spend as much money as you want, right? But most people don't do that. They see a, a check and they got shiny object syndrome by this object and that object and that object over there. And because of that, they end up working their entire life, man. And then most people don't save money either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, man. I just put up a video on YouTube how I went from broke to, to millionaire um, today. And um, honestly, man, it you know, I'm basically providing a simple game plan on how to do it. How many people are actually going to do it, though? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Shout out to you, man. I actually watched that video today as well. You know, a lot of... I really liked it, man. A lot of things that I can definitely take um, and build on, you know, from that, you know. Appreciate um, that, Yeah, most definitely. You know, it's a lot of factors that go into this, right? You know, um, you know, I know one thing that you dove into, which was actually your second point on that video, was building business credit as well, you yep. know. So because that's you're, you're using leverage at that point, right? Most people don't, like, I didn't inherit money. I had to earn money right? And if you use the money you have access to, to be able to create more money, that's called leverage. You're using the bank's money, business credit, same thing, to make more money, rather than you having to save up. Nobody is going to save up a million dollars. Most definitely. Or very few people can save up a million dollars. Or if you do it, it's going to take you a lifetime to be able to do it. Uh, but you can leverage your way up to a million dollars to be able to. So, for example, let's say for, say I, I wanted to save up a million dollars, but you had 20 grand, which will make you 50,000 uh, for every time you invest the 20. It'll take you 20 flips, which you can get done in 24 months to be able to get the million dollars in cash up. If I'm sitting there trying to save 200 a month, or even a thousand dollars a month to a million dollars is going to take me fifty years. Yeah. So, so one, one, you use leverage. One, I don't. And and using that as an example, I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Person that's trying to save, first of all, you'll never hit the million dollar value because inflation is going to kill all your gains. Right. Yeah. So, a million dollars, I think, is a million dollars ten years ago is equivalent to $1.8 million today. That's crazy, man. You can't save your way to a million dollars, but what you can do is compound interest your way there. You can uh, uh, leverage your way there. And there's ways of making a million dollars in 24 months versus 24 years. You know, you just gotta know how to play the game. That's all it is. Be smart with your money. Don't spend your money on depreciating assets like clothes and Louis Vuitton and stuff like that. If you're going to buy it, at least use your passive income investments to be able to pay for that stuff. Most definitely. Most definitely. And, you know, you know, investing in itself is a universal principle, you know, right? So, you know, what you put in is what you're going to get back, you know? And that's one thing, you know, anybody, you know, who's watching this, you know, I know there's a lot of new entrepreneurs that, you know, may be listening and watching this, but what you put in is, again, what you're going to get out, right? So nothing just grows. You have to, you know, put time in it. You have to put money in it. And in the end, you know, you'll get the results that you're expecting. I was talking to somebody earlier today, and I, and I was trying to explain the concept of money to him. You know, when you look at somebody that's truly wealthy, 
right? I'm going to use two rappers as an example, right? And I'm not throwing shots at any rapper at anything like that. But I just want to give you an example. So you got one rapper that looks rich and one rapper that is truly wealthy. So you got, who's the wealthiest rapper you know? I would say Jay-Z. Jay-Z, wealthiest rapper you know. How does Jay-Z dress? He dressed definitely at this point in his career, you know, very business professional, you know, business casual. Or you'll see him with some sweatpants on and a T-shirt, right? Yeah. That's the whole point. But then you look at somebody like who who's a rapper that you consider to be flashy and rich? ASAP Rocky. You consider him to be flashy? Yeah. I don't know a lot about him. So let's just say you got the rapper that's flashy, right? But how much money do they have? I can tell you it's probably not Jay-Z money. I can tell you. That's that. my point, right? You got one rapper that looks rich, and then you got a rapper that is rich, right? right. So you don't want to look rich. Would you rather look rich or be rich? Would you I would not even be rich. rich? I don't even like the word rich. I don't even like the word rich. I like the word wealthy because wealthy. rich means somebody's paying you. Wealth means it's generating money on it. You have true yeah. passive income generating and nobody pays you yeah that's definitely a mind-boggling concept right there you know i mean that hey we can go even deeper into that i mean even just looking on social media today you know that says so much about our society right oh, there's a lot of people about, looking rich <laughs> a lot of people that look rich but they ain't got no money yeah you know what i mean versus somebody who doesn't show anything but they got all the money that that person says that they have you know so yeah. if you notice i'm not patting myself on the back by any means but i don't really show much of anything right yeah. you know even all my videos you'll never see you might see my cars once in a while right but i don't show my house i don't show my cars i don't show i'm not selling shiny object syndrome i'm selling knowledge yeah you know um and again if I was walking down the street, you'll never be able to tell what I have. Yeah, you're so right. Would you rather look the part or be the part? That's what you have to ask yourself. You're right. And, and you know, just touching on, you know, what you just said, that's a great thing, you know, because if you're just showing people the shiny objects and things like that, you're just programming their minds. Now, it's okay to want to have those things, oh, right? Of but if we're talking about really changing people's lives and generations, you know, speaking bigger than just themselves, you know, it's important to really talk about the true knowledge and give them wisdom on how they can really, you know, do those things and not just chasing money and chasing objects, you know? That's right. That's Most right. Definitely. Most definitely. So, yeah. So, you know, Jamel, what would you say, you know, your long-term goals are, you know, at this point, you know, you're, you're very successful in real estate. Um, you know, you have a family and things like that. So, I mean, what would you say at this point, you know, you're looking to, you know, still achieve and, and, you know, what's, what lies ahead? At this point in my life, man, I'm, I'm 40, I'm about to be 41 this year. Um, honestly, man, I'm positioning for my grandkids at this point. You know what I mean? Um, I'm always, and then when I position for them, I'm going to be positioning for my great grandkids if I get a chance to see them. But I'm always thinking 10, 15, 20 years ahead um, how 
um, I can have an impact on my family then. So for me, I'm, I, I'm a family-oriented entrepreneur for a reason. Everything I do is for my family. How can I position my family, set them up right? And then how can I teach them how to take care of other people as well? It's not about keeping all the money for yourself. How can you take care of other people as well? So my way of contrib contributing back to people is through information. I'd rather teach somebody how to fish than to give them the fish. If I needed to give them the fish, that's fine. But I'd rather show you how to get the money. You know what I mean? So to me, that's my way of contributing back to the community, giving back to people. And I do donate money and stuff like that as well. But the whole point is, um, right now, I'm always thinking 20 years ahead. So what's life going to be like when I'm 50 or 60, right? And how, how is it going to affect my grandkids? That's what my, my current situation is. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, that's definitely, you know, big boy goals and big boy moves, you know, shall I say, you know. Um, so, yeah, again, kudos to you on that. Um, so, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, so, you know, how would you evaluate this current real estate market? Um, I think it's a great market. I think most investors who never experienced anything like this may struggle but honestly look i i know one investor here who just wholesaled 10 houses in the last two days you know what i mean it's all perspective at the end of the day um if you're focusing on 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 market deals you're going to have a hard time so you create your opportunities by focusing on off market deals right i don't think the real estate market is affecting me at all uh, because i know how to get deals if you don't know how to get deals. If you're not willing to spend the money on marketing, as we've already discussed, then you're not going to do any business. Right. Yeah, but if you, yeah. if you're, if you know how to get the deals, I just told you how to do it. Focus on off market deals, focus on distress, right? If you do these things, then you're a real estate market is not going to affect you at all. Most definitely. Most definitely. So yeah, anybody who's listening to this, again, if you're looking to get started in real estate, you know, take heed to the message, you know, Jamel just gave you. Um, so yeah, um, what would you say, you know, your current marketing strategies, you know, that you guys focus on, what would you say working or is working best for you guys at this current time? I like to do the opposite of what everybody else does, period. You know what I mean? Um, so before everybody was heavy on cold calling, we were extremely heavy on cold calling you know each of my calls make a thousand calls a day um we were making upwards of three to five thousand calls per day right Most definitely um we still do the calls but uh everybody's shying away from direct mail that's what works really well for us um text messaging um we we do some of that but with the laws we're, we're pretty careful at this point but our two main lead sources right now are direct mail and uh, oh, also Facebook traffic, direct mail, Facebook traffic, and cold calling. Awesome, awesome. Um, one thing I want to point out um, before we go, um, thank Jamel for you know, thank you Jamel for coming up here um, Man, it's tonight. Been a pleasure, bro. I had a lot of fun today, bro. Oh, most definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, it's interesting because you know, again, when I was getting started in real estate, I was consuming a lot of podcasts and everything like that. Um, and again, Jamel was one of the first people that I saw on YouTube that was giving out, you know, 
different variations of the game. You know, it wasn't just one, you know, strategy, right? Um, and it was a lot that I took and I actually am, uh, applied it to my business, right? Um, but <clears throat> again, uh, we appreciate you, Jamel, for just, you know, coming up here and everything like that. Um, and it was interesting just having the opportunity to meet you um, at the event. Um, and I met you, you know, because Sawan was actually on your podcast, right? Um, so I heard Sawan and then I actually started following um, Sawan on social media. And, you know, he had posted the event that was in Greensboro. So I went out, you know, and, you know, that event, not knowing at the time that, you know, actually going out there and meeting you guys and everything like that. I didn't know I was going to join the mastermind and everything like that. And, you know, at the time, I didn't even know you lived in Greensboro, but um, it's been a, a pleasure, you know, you know, just networking with you guys and, um, you know, definitely looking forward to, you know, everything that lies ahead, especially, you know, going forward, you know, um, in real estate and everything like that. So again, Absolutely. thank you, uh, you know, for taking the time, you know, to be on this podcast. Um, and before you go also, Jamel, just let everybody know, you know, where they can find you on social media. Just uh, go to youtube.com slash Jamel Gibbs. Um, I provide a ton of content, multiple videos every week. Um, I'm not looking to sell anybody anything. If you want to buy, that's entirely up to you. Uh, but I'm looking to provide you with the information you need to get from where you are to where you want to go. Most definitely. Most definitely. He definitely got the information. Check out his courses as well. Yeah. So Water Freedom episode number five, signing out. Jamel Gibbs. Peace.